0: Hi, my name is Isabella Johnston, host of The Intern Whisper, which is brought to you by Employers for Change. Today's tip of the week. Continues our focus about unconscious bias. This week, we will focus on the factors that play within our unconscious mind and create bias. The first factor is how our brain categorizes information. Humans have a natural tendency to assign everything into a relevant category this happens unconsciously but this categorizing also leads us to assign a positive or a negative association to each category these categories allow our brains to know what to do or how to behave but classifications often can cause us to overgeneralize the second factor is heuristics this is defined as enabling someone to discover or learn something for themselves an example is utilizing a hands-on or interactive heuristic approach to learning. We often rely on automatic information processing to go through our day involving little conscious thought. These mental shortcuts allow us to exert little mental effort in our everyday lives and make swift judgments when needed. The last factor that I identified as one of the methods of categorizing is social and cultural dynamics. Our upbringing and social environment, as well as any direct and indirect experiences with members of various social groups, imprint on us. Think like baby ducks. We see something, the first thing we see, that's our mom. Well, that's how infants also get their imprints into their mind. We do the same thing even as adults. These shape our perceptions, both consciously and unconsciously. Welcome to the Intern Whisper. Our show is all about the future work. And today's guest is Juan Rivera. Hi. And today's guest here at the Intern Whisper is Juan Rivera. And I'm really excited to have him as a guest. I've known him for quite a while. Uh, I know him through the uh, startup community of, of gamers, actually. And he also is a game developer. That's how we met at a game jam. He works at the Melrose Center as a senior digital media design instructor at the Orlando Public Library. And the Melrose Center offers an array of resources that include STEM and tech focus from creating games, podcasting, a makerspace, and so much more that inspires and supports creativity and innovation. So welcome to the show, Juan.
1: Hi, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. I'm excited. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'd like you to tell our listeners about you using only five words and why those five words. So you and I had talked about this in advance. We have them down. So if you need support, I'm here. But we'll start with determined.
1: So I think I'm so very determined. Like when I focus on something, if I want to make something happen, some type of project that I'm working on, you know, it's like I very determined to get it done. I do whatever I need to do. I, I uh spend hours sometimes. My my wife sometimes comes up to me and she's like, you know, I need attention too, you know, and I'll mm-hmm. be and I'll be working on something for many days and she can tell that I'm really focused on something. So sometimes, you know, we get into those situations where um you know this is really important and I need to get this done. So that's all I focus on for a little bit, even to a fault sometimes. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Uh,
0: Loyal? Why loyal?
1: Um, So when I grew up, I feel like my father wasn't that loyal, you know, and um, I I think that's something that human nature, you know, you get into, and I'm talking about relationship right now, but but it also carries through um, the jobs that you do, the people you work for, you know, your friends and everything like that. I think I um I don't say things I don't, I don't mean to say you know I'm I um I let people know hey this is who I am this is what I do and uh and it's usually um like my friends and my family and everything like that just you know if I tell you I'm going to do something hey I'm going to do I'm going to do that I'm going to be there for you mm-hmm. you know what I mean uh no matter what comes up you know mm-hmm. what I mean I do I and I the, you, even my relationship with my spouse and my wife and everything like that is something that I value very much to be loyal um, and be there for her and my family.
0: Oh, that's a good quality. <laughs> um, Hardworking, kind of tied into determined, determined right? Yeah. yeah. So
1: it's kind of like tied into the same thing. I, I work real hard for, you know, um, the achievements in my life. You know, I work real hard in relationships. I work real hard at my job. I think a lot of times nowadays, I don't know if it's a new generation thing. I think that uh, it's like a lot of people expect things to just happen, but things don't happen unless you work for them or you're willing to do something for them. You know what I mean? So uh, I think that's where that comes in. And I I honestly think that that's something that we're missing nowadays in this new generation, um, where they wanna, they wanna get a lot for less work. I think, right? You know what I mean. So
0: yes, because that is why we have people go and shop for us instead of going to a store
1: <laughs> and buying it
0: ourselves. I'm going really. <laughs> oh my gosh, that exactly. is like yeah, exactly. I could understand it if there was a some type of a disability, but no, I just don't want to leave my house and yeah. go to sh- grocery exactly. shop Yeah,
1: I think that's, uh, and I think that's a that's a problem. You know but Yeah, you know, hopefully. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, I, I have a situation where in my house I have adult children, and, <laughs> you know, and I'm hoping that when they get out in the world, they'll learn, oh, yeah,
0: how to take know, care of themselves, how
1: to take care of themselves, type of thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's what I'm talking
0: about. Oh, yeah. I'll have to tell you about a conversation. I had said that. Well, I'll just jump it in here. That was one of the things that I had said to my parents. I said, you know, you guys did a great job of raising us. You taught us to be resilient. You taught us to be able to be independent, to take care of ourselves. So I'm so grateful for that. But, you know, they didn't let us. They didn't gave us no slack. Like yeah. I said, oh, I want contacts. They went, well, you're going to have to get a job to yeah, do that. Exactly. And they did. They made exactly. me go do that. They made us go pick oranges in uh, the orange grove with the migrant workers. They did a lot of stuff that helped shape our character and be grateful for yeah, a lot.
1: I did something similar with my children. You know, it's like I told them, you know, as long as you're um, you're in school, you know, mm-hmm. I'll take care of you. You know, if you're not, if you if you don't want to go to school, that's fine. But you'll have to take care of yourself. You know, you have to get a job and everything like that. And I even I have one of my kids who I have her pay pay rent. She pays rent at home. And
0: good. That's good. And
1: she's looking to move out. I give her a few years to say, hey, in a few years, you know, you have to find a place to live. I think if I don't want her to go anywhere. No, I really don't. But I don't think that I'm doing her any service by no sheltering her. You no. know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, uh, she has to leave the nest and she learn does. on her own, you know what I mean? So I think that's the only way that she will, uh, will learn, you know,
0: you are exactly right. <laughs> exactly. Right. So that tied into being a good father because, you know, yeah. you're helping to shape those behaviors.
1: Correct. Yeah. And, and that's also, you know, uh, you asked me earlier off, off camera, um, you know, uh, people who, who or things that shape me, who I am, and mm-hmm. everything like that. And one of those things was my father, and and he was a he was a great dad. I don't want to say that you know, but he wasn't a really good husband. And mm-hmm. um, even though he, because he wasn't a, a good husband, at times um, it put us as children to certain scenarios and certain conditions that right. weren't weren't um, you know conducive to a healthy lifestyle. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, um, I always said to myself, you know, I'm going to try to be different. I'm going to be different than that. I'm going to be a good dad. I'm going to, you know, uh, make sure that I'm loyal, make sure that I'm there for my mm-hmm. family and my kids. And, um, and, you know, help them, help them not, not be an absent person, not person that, right. you know, it's, it's only there certain days, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I'm always going to be there. I want to be there for my kids and my family, and my life. um, and that's my legacy, you know. That's that's who who's gonna surpass me, them, you know. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, you use the words innovative and smart. We'll combine them together. Okay. Why did you choose those?
1: Um, because I I think I'm I'm pretty creative when it comes to you know. I, we, I always have these conversations with the people I work, um, and I'm really involved into virtual reality uh, development, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and teaching and classes and sharing the technology with the public and everything like that. Uh, but I always have my conversations with, with my coworkers about what's the future like. Right. So, and we come up with, with these ideas that Mm -hmm. I have no means of like putting them together and actually doing myself without a large investment or, or something like that. Right that i'm not ready to make that commitment yet Mm -hmm. but i come up with ideas sometimes that then a few months later oh here they are you know Mm -hmm. this is this is the future uh and i'll tell you a little story about um i think i invented the ipad
0: okay (laughs) okay
1: all right so back in 1990 i think it was 1997 or 1998 um I'm really, and this, you might not know this about me. I'm really uh, involved into, I used to be, I'm I'm getting back into it now, into comic book. I'm an artist, I draw. Oh, yeah. You know, And I used to, back then, I used to want to write and produce my own comic book and mm-hmm. publish it and everything like that. You know, high school kids trying to do their thing. Um, And we had a, a meetings with friends and we were trying to come up with what the future of comic books was going to be like. We were mm-hmm. like, you know, you know what's the next type of comic book so we came up with uh having a digital comic book back then and we Mm -hmm. were like well this digital comic book how will people use it and we were like well on a computer oh well you don't want to go to your computer and do it well how about if we come up with some type of device that they hold on their hand Mm -hmm. and then they can read the images on the device and then maybe they they swipe their hand on the on the screen to change the pages or something like that. So like a screen that they would have on their hands so they can view the comic books. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And we were like, well, we don't think a lot of people would invest money on something like that. It's possible like a touchscreen on a computer, you know what I mean? But uh, I don't think people would invest money on that one. And so we were like, well, then people would buy it if maybe they could do more than just look at comic books. Maybe they could, I don't know, like surf the internet or mm-hmm. look at ads or something like that, you know. So I think that was the moment. And when was this? This bucket, like 1997. Okay. 1997.
0: Then, yes, you were way ahead of it <laughs> because I did a real quick search here and it yeah. says um, the iPad itself actually traces back to 2004 when designer Jonathan Ive and others created a new tablet prototype.
1: You so go. you were visionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There back you go. Then, back then.
0: Yeah, you only, and <laughs> it's surprising. We always think, oh, if I only had money to do this. Well, some things, yeah, that might be the case. But that's when the MacGyver of anybody yeah. <laughs> kicks in and you go, okay, I'm going to build this. And I only have gum and a piece of twine, <laughs> right? <laughs> and now I've got to make it blow up. <laughs>
1: Well, no, I mean, that's that's really exciting about what's going on right now in the world, too, that we have access to so many tools where you can do that cheaply. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can actually come up with these prototypes and these ideas and they don't have to be very expensive.
0: Mm. Hmm. I I can actually see, yeah, a comic book being something that's... uh definitely digital it's online it's almost like a movie but i think that if you can interject yourself as the character in mm-hmm. it kind of like what they do in movies it's you know which ending do you want pick the ending right yeah, yeah, yeah. then you begin to see yourself as that superhero which has to feel different than a game it's yeah. it's a comic yeah yeah, yeah yeah so do you guys well, we haven't gotten there yet, but I'll save this question. I'll come back. Okay, I'll okay. ask later. <laughs> All right. So where did you go to school? You can pick wherever you want to start. Um, how did you end up to where you are now? What's that journey been like?
1: Um, I think it, it was long.
0: That's okay. Me.
1: Yeah, it was very long. <laughs> so I'll start with high school. Okay. Um, I graduated from Boone High School here in local Orlando, Florida. Um, and... At the moment, you know, like I said, in high school, I was really involved in the arts and I went to, uh, you know, drawing classes and painting classes and all that stuff. And I um, that journey was actually really interesting, you know, learning about drawing and painting and graphics and and digital art and all that stuff. Um, I was uh, that motivated me to continue that into college to get into graphic design and um come up with ads and 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 stuff like that and um so soon after high school i went into valencia community college and i went which campus east campus
0: well here we are are at east campus
1: (laughs) (laughs) i actually came here to east campus and i was part of their they didn't have this nice building there though that was we're talking about oh this
0: is uh it's still relatively new we'll call it
1: (laughs) um but um but I did a lot of the, the, I followed that track, you know, I took Mm -hmm. the classes for art and graphic design. Um, And then I got married, had children, had to put school to the back burner for many, many years. Um, Every once in a while, we'll come back and take a course here and there. And, but I continue that safe same track. I wanted to get into graphic design. Um, Eventually life happens. I got divorced and I had two children and, um not enough money to support uh a divorce and uh two children in my own place and so I had to move back home and I lived with my mother for a little while but I decided that I needed more you know so I decided to finish my my schooling went back to school um and my mother helped me out a lot and to be able to do that and but uh I wanted to go to UCF. I wanted to move on from Valencia. I did what I needed to do here. I wanted to move on to UCF. And I wanted to get a bachelor's degree in graphic design. But I couldn't find a clear track for graphic design specifically. Like it was either, you know, at the moment, it was either mm-hmm. like web design or game design, or but I couldn't, I I, I it wasn't easy for me to find that track that mm-hmm. I needed to, to follow. So I came across uh, visual language. Okay, and I I read the description and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. It's about 3D animation and and
0: um. Is that under means. the game track?
1: No, it's uh, hmm. it's digital digital media. It was under the digital digital. I think media they track. still have it out there under they, that. They still have it on the digital media, but I think it's called 3D animation now. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was called Visual Language, and um, it was a re- pretty intense program. They still have it uh, at at UCF where you go into the program for two years during Mm -hmm. those two years you have to interview to get into the program they have to look at your portfolio and it's kind of like getting into a job so the whole two years was kind of like working on a studio Mm -hmm. you know um and i i it was awesome it was an awesome experience i learned a lot about not only 3d animation but also how to work with other people Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i think that's one of the one of the things that is lacking nowadays i mean i don't i don't follow what schools are doing so i'm not a i'm not aware what's going on now but Mm -hmm. at the time back in uh 2011 2012 um when i once i graduated the skills that i learned about working with other people was um just as valuable Mm-hmm. As, this, as the digital media skills that I learned in the school, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I and what I found at the moment was that even though it was like kind of like a wax on, wax off kind of. Yeah. Kind of experience because yeah. you didn't know you were learning this, but you actually did learn this. You yeah. Know? Uh, people skills, you know, and I thought that at the moment nobody else was doing that. UCF mm-hmm. had this program that that I didn't know that I that I learned this valuable skill. But then at the end, I was like, I recognized that. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, hey, wow, this is something and that not a lot of people get to experience in school, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to work with other people in a team. And the whole program was ran ran in a way where the faculty was like the production managers of of a project. And we had two projects we had to create during two years, um, two movies that we created. We split up, we worked with the same people for two years.
0: How long five is minutes. the movie?
1: Uh five minutes.
0: Oh my God. Two years to produce five minutes?
1: Five minutes.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: 30 kids. Uh 15 did one movie and 15 did another kid. So really it was only 15 of us. Yeah. And but two years because we also had to learn. We had to learn how to do it. And then we had to and then we did it, you know? Yeah. Um so. Yeah. So it was a, a wonderful skill where I learned how to do 3D animation and 3D modeling and rigging and everything like that. And I actually fell in love with rigging and programming, which not a lot of people mm-hmm. like to do because it's tedious and you have to pay attention to detail and everything like that. Uh, and that's what I like to teach now. I like to teach those yeah. programming and t- uh, and rigging classes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, rigging is the process of Preparing a three D animation character for animation, so mm-hmm. that that way it's easier for the animator to do what they need to do to animate the character. Um, yeah, it's
0: putting the skeleton inside of the model, correct. and then the animator makes them dance. Correct, <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, so, after I graduated from, we finished our movie, our movie, and everything. We graduated. We went to some. Uh, we submitted the movie to several different. Um, film festivals and we got some awards for really movie, yeah for the movie we created. Um and then I went to back to work, you know. Yeah. <laughs> at the moment I was working at Disney. Um I worked for uh i've had many different jobs All
0: it's right. hard to get a job at disney if you're in in animation too in animation,
1: i wasn't an animator though oh, Let okay i that clear <laughs> okay i was working at, at attractions at the moment gotcha I, I wanted to get into like the animation program and everything but disney doesn't have an animation program here mm-hmm. which i you know when i was going to school i was single and i had two kids um and my ex-wife lived here in Orlando. So even though I was going to school and I really wanted to go to Pixar and I wanted to go to all those different things, unfortunately I wasn't able to Mm -hmm. because I I couldn't leave my kids and I couldn't take them with me. Mm -hmm. So um, I had to just, you know, get another job. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, I worked for and the jobs that I, I worked for were pretty interesting because I worked for Disney. I was a, a lifeguard. And then I uh, I left there and I went to work for the Richard Petty driving experience. Mm. And then I through working there, I became a race car driving instructor. <laughs> so nice. So I would take people around the racetrack and give them rides and, and, and exotic cars like uh, Porsches and Lamborghinis. And yeah, uh,
0: good stuff. <laughs> yeah,
1: So that was pretty fun but it wasn't what I wanted to do so through that job I was able to get into their art department and I did some of the ads for promotions and stuff like that and then um continue from there and just I met people in the industry where they they took me from there and I went you know moved from one job to the other where I ended up um here at the I, I worked for an R&D company one time designing products you know for cell phones and stuff like that and then I uh I got this job at the Melrose Center as an instructor through a contact um, that I knew and I went to the interview and everything like that. And this was it. I was like, oh, this is the place I need to be. I can do all the things that I want to do. I can, you know, create, I can reach out to people, I can teach. And uh, I was very happy being there at the Melrose Center. Mm-hmm. So that's my journey to where I, I ended up here.
0: Yeah. And all of those things set you up for being able to Walk right into that job. That sounds amazing. Yeah, perfect. So, what is the Melrose Center? Tell us about it.
1: So, the Melrose Center is um, primarily it's kind of like a a co-working space. So, it's a place that we have available at the library that people can come in and work on their projects. Specifically speaking, digital media based type of projects. Mm -hmm. So, um, we give you access to all of the resources you need there to be able to bring that project to life.
0: Mm-hmm. Alright, whatever
1: you can think of, um, we give you access to computer workstations that are loaded with uh, creative software like the Adobe, the entire Adobe Suite.
0: Is that all of the computers, like in that main area, the yeah. big open area, yeah. too?
1: All of them have the Adobe Suite. They have 3D modeling software, game engines, um, audio engineering software like the ones we were talking about, Audacity and mm-hmm. uh, Logic, Pro Tools, um, and. Because it is part of like uh, the library system, a lot of all all of the resources are available with your library card. They're not; you don't have to pay anything extra. So, pretty much what we're trying to do is, uh, remove any barriers barriers for you to. Thank you. Yeah, remove any barriers for you to be able to, uh, create what you need to create. You no longer have to own the expensive equipment. We have it, so you can come and use it. We don't. You know, just um.
0: And just so our listeners know, for those that are in Orlando, this is like an open station. You pretty much just walk up to the table and you can start doing it. You don't have to check it out. But I know you also have another room over there that's AR, VR stuff. We
1: do. So that's where I work. We have a game development lab. Mm -hmm. And in the game development lab, we give you access um, specifically for game development kind of devices and resources um, developers need that so they can test their products, so they can mm-hmm. test their games, you know. So we have Android tablets. We have uh, VR headsets, um, computer workstations. We have these really nice Alienware laptops that you can use to develop. Uh, we have, if you, you know, Orlando, Florida is the uh, capital of simulations. You know? yeah, it A lot is. of the research that simulations get done here for the armed forces and everything like that so um being here and and those are the the primary jobs that that we have available here in Orlando Florida we actually have a simulator rig that you can you can utilize to develop any type of simulator that simi- this simulator rig you can check it out and it has steering wheels it has pedals different types of pedals it has levers and joysticks all in one workstation that you can yeah. use to uh you know
0: and that's a lot of money just so our listeners know. That's a lot of money and when you don't have to buy it, you can just use your library card and come down there and do it. I Orlando Public Library is known to be a five-star library and I can definitely see why based on what you have to offer from the Melrose Center.
1: Yeah, and you know, and like I's like 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 you said, you know, it's it's all available, you know. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, it's great. I know there's a maker space. There's a sewing lab. There's like 3D um, printing. You have so much that's available. I can go through the whole
1: list if you want. Oh, go ahead. Go (laughs) ahead. Yeah. So we also have a a fully equipped video studio. Video Mm -hmm. studio with um, uh, currently green screen and um, Blackmagic 4K cameras. Mm -hmm. Um, even has a control room studio that you can switch camera feeds during your recording, uh, live for, uh, ideal for like interview type of, uh, recordings. We also have, uh, a fully equipped audio studio where you can Mm -hmm. do, you can record live music, including a band, the recording area, it's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, we actually record, um, a podcast there, uh, Mm -hmm. called real to real.
0: So Mm -hmm.
1: check it out. Yeah. And, um, We also do uh, another event called Melrose in the Mix uh, there at the audio studio where we invite a local performer to perform a a very intimate show um, at the Melrose Center. We record it, and then we actually, uh, Melrose in the Mix is also a a TV show. We produce it at the Melrose Center, and it gets air on uh, the local channel. I think it's the W. uh, UCF, mm-hmm. uh, PBS channel or something like that. Um, So we produce that there as well. And I bet that the same studio that we produce the show in, it's available for patrons to just use and record. I have an idea.
0: Yeah. I already have <laughs> an idea. I'm going, <laughs> yep, that's, yeah, yep, that's, yep. I'm out. going, okay, let's go do this. <laughs> yeah.
1: We have also a fully equipped uh, photo studio with um Canon 7D cameras uh, in a 6D. Uh, with different bar- backdrops and uh, all types of lighting equipment, um, we just recently got a a, a, uh, a boom for a yeah. light that you can hover above and everything. Yeah. So I don't know a lot about this the, that studio, but I know we have a lot of the equipment. Uh, in addition to the workstation, like I said, we also have sound booths and we're getting a few more right now. So you can do like a podcast in mm-hmm. a sound booth. Um, and um, what else do we have? Oh, uh, we also at the mineral center uh they hire a lot of industry professionals this is where i come in um we have a game development lab i am the instructor there and what i do is i also teach classes throughout the month on the equipment that's available there for you to use it so again to remove another barrier so right. you know let's say you have an idea and you want to to bring that you know that product to life, but you didn't know how to use the... We have a motion capture suit that you can move mm-hmm. to record animations. Tesla suit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a... Kind of. Kind of. It's, it's the perception neuron. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got to make sure I say that because it's a local company. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That's okay. A little shout out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, and they... So, you can use the suit, but if you don't know how to use it, you can attend my class. I'll show you how to set it up, how to record it, how to even retarget the animation that you record from the software into your own character. So uh that's that's the type of classes that we teach there. We um teach Photoshop, Illustrator, Unity, uh, Blender, all live and uh or virtual classes but with a live instructor, not recorded classes that you can attend to. Uh, and we have also in addition to digital media, we have a maker space like you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, the fab lab, and in there we give you access to uh, hands-on tool for you to actually create something like 3D printers. We have uh, CNC machines, oh, well, laser cutters actually, mm-hmm. and. Uh, other hand tools for crafting mm-hmm. and creating your own projects like in real life. so mm-hmm.
0: I love that. I love it. I love it. So, um we're going to switch into a different question. Uh some of them you kind of already hit on, but we're we're going to go and drop some of these in here. Who in your life has had the biggest impact?
1: I would say my mother. My okay. mother has had the biggest impact. I can't forget my father either. I mean, he's had a big impact in my life as well. But um it, my my father in a way where hey I don't want to do that you yeah. know what I mean uh, the things that, that he had done and again I want to clarify he's not a bad person he's not a bad father he you know a child of the uh, 60s and they, they had a different life back when I was younger mm-hmm. you know and life was different you know men was allowed to do certain things and mm-hmm. women weren't allowed to do certain things um, so that's a product of society at the moment I guess is what I I say about my father yeah I love him and Mm -hmm. I respect him and everything like that and he's still very much in my life uh but I decided that I wanted to go a different way right so that's how he impacted my life my mother impacted my life in a way where she was caught in a situation where she just felt like she couldn't stay there Mm -hmm. you know I I grew up in Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. Uh, I was born and raised there for 15 years And during that time, you know, my mother had to leave. She Mm -hmm. just couldn't be there anymore. So she uprooted us and moved us over here, uh, her and her three children, to Orlando, Florida. And this is where I've been ever since, right? Um, I was 15 years old.
0: Did she know anybody here?
1: She had a a cousin.
0: Okay, well, she had some sense of family. That's good. Yeah,
1: so she had a, a cousin here. And I was fifteen. I'm forty-five now, so that was yeah. thirty years ago. Okay, yeah. so she moved us here. We didn't know any English. Wow! We didn't know any, all three of us. My my sisters all well. Let's say
0: four, including your mom.
1: Including she knew English. She, oh, she did. Yeah, she knew because this is what i uh, uh, you know part of the story. She grew up. before forced. She, she was in Puerto Rico. She grew up in Chicago. You know, born. Um, I don't think she was born there. I think she just grew up there. She moved there very young, mm-hmm. and she grew up there. And then moved back when she was very young. So she knew English. She was very fluent in English. Mm. But her kids weren't. Um, My older sister started high school in, I want to say 10th grade, maybe 11th grade. Mm -hmm. And I started in 9th grade. That's when we moved here. I started in 9th grade. and
0: That's a hard time for kids.
1: Yeah. And my my younger brother started in middle school. So it was a little bit easier for him to acclimate to the change of culture and language and everything like that but for me and my sister was a little bit harder.
0: it was hard it was very very hard
1: hard. so you know back then i don't know if they still do they had a program called esol esol they do and we would go into the esol program and um one thing that my my sister learned very quickly was that in the esol program at the moment i'm sure they're wonderful now but at the moment it was a way for because it was all Spanish kids, you right? Know, we were all the same language. We we're all so in the ESOL class. Even though we were trying to learn English, we were surrounded by Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it was kind of like a, a double-edged sword. We we're yeah. supposed to learn English, but we we're all Spanish-speaking people, and we can't really speak Spanish anywhere else. Right. So that's how we communicate with one another. And she learned very quickly. She was like, "I'm not going to learn English if I'm not around English." You know, so she. I think two or three months into the class, she talked to the the administration and they let her get out. They, mm-hmm. And she went to regular English classes and everything like that. I stayed the whole year. But after the whole year, I saw how much that was like... It was helping her? From her, for her yeah. being my older sister. So then uh, the next year, they wanted me to put into ESOL classes and I opted out. I said, no, I want to go into regular classes and everything like that. And my mother... Had a full-time job. Um, and when we uh got home from school, we didn't know what we were listening to in the classes. We didn't we didn't understand English. We had a translator that would tell us and everything like that, but um a lot of the notes were written on the board. So we would fanatically write whatever we thought we hear, we hear in English, or whatever we wrote from the board, we would write it down. My mom every night would sit down with us. And she would translate everything for us, mm-hmm. you know, so that we could understand what we were learning, you know mm-hmm. all three of us mind you, and so we were able to kind of like uh learn through that mm-hmm. experience, you know, and her hard work, yeah, to be able to do this, so yeah, she really shaped,
0: yeah, that's a big sacrifice too, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. So you obviously have carried that over into your own raising your own kids. So what would you want to be remembered for?
1: So I think um, primarily I want to be remembered as a good father, you know, yeah. <laughs> as somebody that was there for his children. He was supportive and um, helped them succeed in life. And, uh, you know, they're my legacy. So
0: I'm pretty sure that they they have that <laughs> and lesson. And- Yeah. So we're going to take a moment and acknowledge our sponsor. And we'll be right back. Our sponsor is Transcend Network here. Transcend Network helps early stage startup founders find product market fit through weekly experiments Receive fundraising support and build a global founder investor network for edtech and the future of work technologies. The intern whisperer is affiliated with Employers for Change, and we thank Transcend Network for being a sponsor of our show. Okay, in the second half of our show, we talk about the future of jobs and the industries in 2030. Um, what do you think 2030 is going to look like? Juan? because you're working in an amazing place where you get to always see cool innovation. You're active in uh, Um, The game jams, and you're always uh, coming for those things. Pretty sure that you follow a lot of trends.
1: I do. Have you Have you seen the new uh, Apple Vision Pro?
0: I didn't watch the program, but I did watch the video. Okay. So yeah.
1: So the 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 Vision Pro is a new type of VR headset. Yeah. Okay. Right. And um, the things I think think that this thing can do it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, but and i even i just did it myself you know I you just have that it, technology
0: down there yet we do <gasps>
1: we do we don't have the wow. Pro, but we have something similar okay, okay a little bit older okay? okay and let me let me tell you what it is and i i just did it myself i call that uh a, a vr headset yeah but division pro is not a vr headset at all okay it what it is is a spatial computer so and what these uh devices are eventually going to do and i i believe this is that they're going to replace your desktop computer mm-hmm. they're going to replace yeah so okay. um it so you can compute anywhere you can use your computer anywhere mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be in the headset and I so i understand. wouldn't
0: have a computer i wouldn't even be using my phone
1: and you wouldn't even be using your keyboard okay, okay. so that's what it, that's what this is is a spatial computer so what it is is um in the future i believe that this is going to be the new way to Compute right because there's advantages. There's disadvantages right now. So the disadvantages are that you do have to wear some type of headgear to be able to visualize this your computer, okay? Um, but I think that in the future the headgear is going to get more comfortable. It's going to get lighter, and it's going to be a wearable computer, something that you you have like on. sunglass light kind of like sunglasses or something like that. Yeah, that you okay. can eventually right. But we have to go through this hardship to learn if there is even a expensive. market you know what i mean and it is expensive right but um what this is going to allow you to do is if you have it on and you're walking around you'll be able to have like ads come up or which i think that's the it's not a good example but not ads but information about what you're looking at you know you're going down the street and you'll be able to see okay there's a taco bell around the corner you know this way they have a special today something comes up or whatever mm-hmm. you know on your on your headgear that that you have Uh, on um so i think this is the first steps of that technology for 2030
0: so can people see that if there's if i have this device on and it's like the weight of a pair of sunglasses can people see what i'm seeing
1: so uh, it depends on the headset right now no so like the vision pro you cannot Submission Pro. You
0: know where I've gone? You have no idea. No. So I'm going to throw it out here. So I can already see because people enjoy the privacy of having their own phone and being able to lock it down and their computers and they think they're locking stuff down. But some people do things that are on the dark web. <laughs> and they cross over into areas that they shouldn't do. All right. So I'm sitting here going, so would they be able to watch pornography? Would they be able to watch really, you know, sinister things, things yes, like that? Of course. I mean- and, and then what I'm thinking, is would people be able to see what you're seeing so like there's I don't think privacy is still not like I I am not for any of those things they're all bad (laughs) in my opinion they're bad so um I'm just I don't think
1: so because so to for currently for currently yeah. yeah I don't know what's the future look like I don't know if they're going to implant some type of lenses in your eyes even if they do. okay the dude
0: you have got to watch Black Mirror yeah, they do that they like actually that. put this little thing it's the size of a penny they yeah. put it on here and then because everything is kind of embedded into us it, like boom you sit back and then there's the vent. it's like contacts and they go right over your eyes and you're like in
1: it so uh, even even so. Like even if yeah. that actually happens, nobody can really see it from the outside where only you can see it. So yeah. there is the privacy there where you, you're you the only one that's able to visualize this, right? Um, even if you have glasses on, unless they're like sitting right next to you and listening to what you're doing. You know, yeah, because like
0: somebody can look over your shoulder and see your phone. They can see your
1: phone, right? Yeah. But I think with glasses on, that that's even more private, you know, because it's maybe. right on your face, maybe, right? But right now, currently, the only way you can see it is by putting a screen in front of you, okay? Mm-hmm. and this uh, so that screen actually you cannot see through it. Yeah. All right. For example, there. But what they're doing is they have cameras. There's like a bypass camera mm-hmm. that projects on that screen your real world. Yeah. So uh, even though the Vision Pro, you look at it and it looks like it has your eyes there. Mm-hmm. Um, their eyes are actually another screen facing the other way. There's another skin facing the other way that is projecting your your face onto it. So other people. So maybe you have presence to read to other humans. It's like, you know, real presence, even though you're not looking at them. Mm -hmm. You have the goggles on or whatever. So it's kind of like a pass through thing that that projects your face on the front of it. Okay. so anyway, um, all that to say, I'm going
0: to come down and have you do a demo and show it to me. Okay, no problem. I
1: don't have that one. Uh, the the one that I have uh, over there. I still want to
0: see what new new toys you have down there. Correct, And, yeah.
1: and it's uh it's called the Magic Leap. Uh, you heard of Magic Leap? Yes. So the Magic Leap was the first iteration of this special computer. All right. Uh, even though you know, I don't know how popular they are right now in the industry or whatever. And
0: they something happened to that company too. Something
1: happened to it. I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure. I don't yeah, I think it. that
0: they either got bought or they had to reorganize. Something happened.
1: But the, the Vision Pro. I, I believe it's the successor.
0: Yeah, that, I, I believe so. Company, yeah. You know
1: what I mean? Because that's what that is. The the Magic Leap is a special computer. The,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: Vision Pro is a special computer as well. So maybe they have something to do Could with be. this development.
0: It's kind of like that. chat, right? You know, chat, three, four, five. We're in five now, I think. Yeah. It moves fast. Everything's yeah, moving AI so fast. Another yeah, another thing. Yeah.
1: we talk about all day. But the uh spatial computer eventually what's going to happen is um you will have a projection of a keyboard maybe on the I've iPhone. seen
0: this I've seen this stuff before yeah and they take three pins
1: awesome so we're talking about um spatial computers and mm-hmm. how the the uh, Vision Pro is a uh, is a spatial computer and I think mm-hmm. this is going to be a new line of of products that are going to be coming out where people are going to learn what that term is and what that what that is and it's going to be a thing I think of that Um, again, right now it's not that comfortable, you know, they're, they're striving to make it as comfortable as possible, but it's the few first iterations of what the future of your desktop is going to be, you know, it started with the phone. You know, a lot of people are doing a lot of their work on tablets and phones and everything like that. They're not, they don't have really a desktop anymore. It's a, a mobile world, you know, so that's going to be the next step of this mobile world where your computer is going to be something that that is in in your real space you know you're not going to so i saw these things
0: it was on i think it was japanese i'm pretty sure it was japanese not chinese and they had three pins and they would go and put these three types of technology devices together and it would uh it would show me a keyboard that i could actually type on like a three an image of it and then it would also put up a monitor And then I could look at that monitor and everything is just a projection projection, of what I see. I'm going, that would be so cool because then you don't have to have the big mon, you know, big computer or anything.
1: They have this thing too that you can wear. It's like a a, a thing on your chest or maybe you wear on your, oh, uh, something you wear on your wrist that you you go like this and there's like a keyboard appears on your arm. Wow. Then you can, it's like a hologram and you can type like
0: this or whatever so watch black mirror you're going to see that kind of stuff see? but you will also see that they embed this stuff into our body yes. so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Scary. it's scary scary stuff so
1: that's the that's the that's beyond 2030 <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so day? that's
0: when we get to what ethical dilemmas do youth foresee with this type of technology
1: so um Ethical dilemmas. You know, that's a really good question. That, uh, we yeah, we could talk a, a long
0: time, but you only get to have a few minutes. <laughs>
1: yeah, not a lot of people, you know, um think about those type of things. But ethical dilemmas. I think that you know, disconnect is disconnection. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I agree. You know, even even with the services that we provide, even the library. You know what I mean? Like the library yeah. is a place where people can come in and and actually grab a book and actually read it. You know. Yeah. Fortunately, though. Um, you know you have to physically go to the library you actually physically have to pick, pick up the book but we're becoming uh it, we're, we're in a time where people are maybe because of covid we learned this and we have we're locked up at home for yeah. two two and a half years or two years isolated to, to isolated me we, yeah we've become that way you know and and we we become a society that is used to having things come to you rather than you come and get it. You know,
0: and there will be a day the grid goes down, and yeah. then what? Then yeah. people have to learn how to interact yeah, yeah. with we're, each
1: we're other. Gonna, we're gonna de-evolve. <laughs> yeah,
0: or maybe we really evolve because now we're realizing that we really are what makes it magic to be a human. Yeah, not the devices. Yes, yeah,
1: sir. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's gonna be the the. Biggest dilemma or ethical dilemma is the but is that ethics? I don't know. No, I
0: I believe that too because I believe that people are going to have to be taught how to be human. Yeah, and how to interact with each other and how not just interact. I mean, it's like communicate and to be able to know. Oh, this is what it's like to give people hugs. It's like if you stay too far away from and all we do is communicate through a screen. We're yeah. in a lot of trouble.
1: You see how you, you see how we like people greet each other nowadays. It's like, oh hey, how you doing? And sometimes you go in, and they don't know what to do. It's a fist bump or
0: no. I or haven't seen handshake. that because I pretty much just go, come here, let's yeah. bring it in, yeah. let's do a hug. Yeah, but I I do see. Other people behaving that way too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And some of it I think is uh whatever generation, not some of it, I i do believe whatever generation you're born into, the technology, the history, um, those factors begin to shape how we interact and we communicate. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: But the the one thing I, I do think that we're trying to do here at this library, and I don't know if this is a thing that other libraries are trying to do, is that we're we're trying to grow with the with the technology. We're trying to, you know stay at the cutting edge mm-hmm. you know what i mean and, and uh, giving people access to these tools and studying and, and and you know we we made a big shift a few years back when um digital books were a big thing with yep. tablets and everything like that and, and audio books and everything like that and instead of putting our foot on the ground and saying no we're going to just be a place with books we dabble into that mm-hmm. in, into into that sign and we have a a a a variety of digital content available at the library nowadays that you can check out. What do you
0: use? Audio?
1: Um, We do. um,
0: I don't use the, you know, the audio books or whatever it's called. There's a name for it. We use Libby.
1: Okay. A program called Libby Hmm. for audio books.
0: Yeah. Analysis. I know there's a lot of that out there. and people listen to you know like books on used to be books on tape, right? and then we moved to books on CDs and now you can just listen to it on demand and yeah, and it's that's really great. Books. it's
1: not just books there's a lot of knowledge just accessing databases and accessing you know videos online or something like that. It's not just the matter of reading a book, but there's just access. To. I know you guys
0: have e-learning down there too. People can learn anything. We
1: have all sorts. We like QuickBooks, whatever. We even have, give all of our patrons access to LinkedIn learning mm-hmm. for free. You just have to use your library card and you, you have you have access to LinkedIn learning. I did not know library. that. Yeah. Entire library of, of uh, tutorials and everything like that. So you can come and learn a new language using our databases. I think our databases, access to our databases is, is just as uh, um, strong as our.
0: I'm going to tell you, I learn a lot through Duolingo, but.
1: Yeah. And we have access to a program called Mango.
0: Yeah. Too. Mango. You have that. Yeah. yeah so there's so... the Winter Park Library. Mm-hmm. Well, we are at the end of our show. So best mentoring advice that you want to share with our listeners. And we have a pretty broad range of listeners.
1: I, I think I would say is um, just just do it. You know, it, Nike. Yeah. Just Nike. Just do it. If, if there is something that you want to do and you want to access or you want to try to achieve, hey, go do it. Because I, I'll tell you what, most of the people who become successful doing something is because they were the ones who did it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not there's a need out there. People need a certain technology or a certain problem. And you're sitting here thinking, oh, there's so many people doing that. There's so many people that want to do that, mm-hmm. but they're not the ones doing it. Mm -hmm. so if you go out there and just make it happen and just do it you know start that project start that that idea or something like that you may be the only one that is actually doing it at Mm -hmm. the moment you know what i mean that is very true if i would have taken my own advice back in 1997 or 98 when we i would have been the inventor of the ipad but i didn't would have been yeah so just do it
0: like you know 20 years ahead of time so um how can our listeners find you
1: So I want to give you the library, uh, the Melrose Center blog. So make sure you go check us out at OCLS.info forward slash Melrose. Okay. Um, And if you need to get in contact with me, the best way by far to get a hold of me is uh, by accessing me through my email, which is Rivera.Juan at OCLS.info.
0: Okay. Okay. We've got that, and then I also added uh Melrose Center's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and their YouTube channel. Yeah, thank
1: you very much. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. Well, you are. Thank you for having me here today. It was really fun.
0: It was fun, <laughs> and I actually know so much more about you that I don't normally get to know when I go to game jams or come to the library, which you do not work on the weekends when we're there. So yeah, uh, it's been really nice getting to know you better. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I want to thank, thank you for being a guest, and um, we look forward to seeing you again soon.
1: All right. Awesome. Thank you.
0: We want to thank our sponsor, Cat5 Studios. Thank you to our video team, Gabe Laporte and Tommy Myers. Music is by Sophie Lloyd. Visit Employers for Change at www.e4c.tech. To learn how you can create real diversity and inclusive culture while skilling your people for the future of work, please subscribe and download the Intern Whisper on Podbean, Employers for Change YouTube channel, or stream from your favorite podcast channel. Please drop us a comment and share our show to enlighten others about amazing people that make every day better.